Dave, and it's good to see you this morning. <clears throat> Scott, it's good to see you, buddy. We've been praying for for you and for your family. Um, as you know, Nancy and I were in Dallas uh, this past week, um, and uh, one of the things that um, I want to share with you as a result of uh, the uh, convention this past week is um, our own uh, uh, Selma and Gerald Rummage are proud parents of the convention preacher for next year, uh, Stephen Rummage, Dr. Stephen Rummage, who uh, pastors in Tampa, Florida, uh, will be the convention preacher for next year in Birmingham, Alabama, and so we rejoice with them. I know that they are proud and happy of their son. He did a, a marvelous job leading the executive committee of the convention this past year and will be preaching the convention sermon next year. On our way back from Dallas, I, you know, have you ever received a gift that you either don't like or that is just useless to you? but you don't want to tell the person who gave it to you that you don't like it or that it's of no use to you. Well, that happened to uh, me on our flight back from Dallas this past week. We had boarded the plane in Dallas, <clears throat> and um, it was full. It was a full flight. And there were people that had come on rather late on board the plane, and the, the stewardess, the flight attendants, attendants were um, uh, trying to get everybody's luggage in the overheads, you know, and um, uh, there were uh, two uh, really late arrivals on the plane, and um, uh, they were moving uh, luggage around in the bin above us. And the two bags that were sitting there in the aisle, I noticed that they looked kind of heavy. And so I looked at the flight attendant, she happened to be the head flight attendant on the flight, and she was standing there and she was trying to get one of the flight attendants to come help her lift up one of these bags to put over. And I said, ma'am, would you like for me to do that for you? And she said, would you? I said, I'd be glad to. And so I got up. And I picked up the bags and put them in the overhead, and she put the door down, and then she went back to doing all the things she needed to do. But right before takeoff, she came back, and she knelt down by my chair, by my seat. I was sitting on the aisle, and she said, I just want you to know how much I appreciate what you did just then. She said, I've got a gift for you. And I said, okay, you don't have to, but thank you. And so she left, she went back to doing her thing, and she didn't say, well, I, I slept uh, most of the flight um, from Dallas to Atlanta. Well, when we arrived in Atlanta, <clears throat> we're walking out, and she hands me this package. It's wrapped in several uh, plastic garbage bags. And I'm standing there, and I'm holding this package in my arm, and all of a sudden I can feel by the shape of it that it's a bottle. <laughs> and she says, sir, I hope you enjoy this. 
She says, I just want you to know how much your gesture meant to me and how your kindness. And I said, well, thank you. <laughs> and I'm smiling and I'm trying to, you know, just show her how much I appreciate her gesture. We get off the plane in the terminal there in Atlanta and we're walking through and I look at Nancy and I go, I think this is a bottle of wine. <laughs> And sure enough, we get to this restaurant there in the airport to eat lunch between before our flight from Atlanta to Greensboro. <laughs> and we open it up. It's all taped up. There's several bags around it. And sure enough, it is a bottle of wine. California wine, 2014. From, not an expensive bottle, but I'm looking at Nancy and I'm going, what in the world? I'm a Baptist preacher. What if somebody walks by and sees me with this bottle of wine? And I said, what do I do with this? And she says, I don't know. And so I just want you to know, I no longer have this bottle of wine in my possession. But there are sometimes there are gifts that are given to us that we either don't like or we can't use. And I thought about that when I was thinking about spiritual gifts. Because there's one thing about spiritual gifts that I know. The one who gives us our spiritual gift knows who we are. That flight attendant didn't know who I was. She had no idea that I was a Baptist preacher. She had no idea that I don't drink. She, had, she knew nothing about me. She was simply giving me a gift out of goodwill, out of kind gesture in gratitude for something that I had done for her. But when God gives us a gift, the difference is God knows us. God knows our passions. God knows our likes. God knows our desires. God knows our personalities. Why? Because he made us. And so when God gives us spiritual gifts, he gives us those gifts that are uh, designed just for us and who we are. And we take those gifts in gratitude and we use them to show our love for the Lord and our appreciation for what He Himself has done for us. And so I would say to you this morning, as we continue looking at this whole thought of spiritual gifts, this whole idea of spiritual gifts, to understand that the gift that God gives you was designed just for you. That it, God knew when he gave you this gift, he knew all about you. He knows your personality. He knows your passion. He knows your likes. He knows your desires. He knows what excites you. And so he gives you a gift that will suit you. And so as we move through this list of spiritual gifts, maybe as we've looked at these gifts so far, when we've looked at six of these gifts, we've talked about the gift of evangelism, we've talked about the gift of pastor-teacher, we've talked about the gift of prophecy and service and teaching and exhortation. And you may think, well, none of those gifts fit me. None of those gifts suit me. And that may be true, and it probably is for many of us. But if you continue to look at the list of gifts that God has 
given to various ones of us. You, you will continue to see gifts that are listed in these passages of Scripture in Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Peter chapter 4, and of course Ephesians chapter 4, which is where we started on this uh, list of gifts. <clears throat> you will see um, uh, maybe a gift or two that suits you, a gift that you are pleased to have and that you would want to use. And so I hope that you'll continue to think about as we look, make our way through this list of functional gifts, um, uh, that you will think about well, what is the gift that God has given me? And when you, that gift is mentioned, all of a sudden you go, wow, that's me. That's who I am. That's, that's what I enjoy doing. That's, that's what excites me. And so I want to continue this morning, and I come to the uh, no, uh, seventh gift on the list, and there's your takeaway. God gives every Christian a spiritual gift to use in the ministry of his church. So that means if you're a born-again believer, if you're a child of God, God has given you a spiritual gift that he wants you to use in the ministry of his church. So if you find that you've not uh, seen your gift so far, or maybe if you've seen your gift, uh, and maybe that's a primary gift, maybe there's a secondary gift um, that God has given you as well. And so I want you to keep working your way with me through this these list of gifts. So we come to gift number seven this morning, and that is the gift of giving or contributing, found in Romans chapter 12, verse 8. Paul says, <clears throat> to the one who contributes in generosity... Now, here's a definition for the gift of giving. Isn't the only definition? It's just my definition. Um, uh, but the gift of giving is the ability to give money and other resources joyfully, wisely, generously, and sacrificially to meet the needs of others and to help support the church's ministries. Let me just say, while every believer is to tithe <clears throat> um, and to give sacrificially to the work of God, there are some believers who have either been materially blessed or gifted with a special ability to raise funds. Um, cheerfulness and liberality are characteristics of these folks. You know, I have people occasionally say, this is the truth. In every church where I've pastored, I've had people say, Pastor, we take up too many offerings in this church. Seriously. And I think to myself, look, you need to understand, you may not want to give to this offering um, it may not appeal to you. I'm not talking about the offering we take up every Sunday for the general offering that where we, you know, the people of the church give their tithes and on a regular basis. I'm talking about special offerings to uh, different things. Um, and some people say, look, it seems like every time I turn around, we're giving an offering to something else. Well, here's the, the truth of all that. Yeah, we do give, uh, take up uh, a lot of offerings. And here's why. Because while the vast majority of people may not feel led to give to every cause and to every offering, there are people sitting out in the congregation 
who that's what gives them the greatest joy. They want to be able to give, and they look for opportunities to give. Those with the gift of giving genuinely view their possessions, their talents, and their time on loan from God. That they are merely stewards of what God has given to them and that they want to use those things for the furtherance of God's kingdom. They're often moved to meet the physical needs of others. They enjoy giving themselves and what they have, even though it may be difficult at times, they're going to give because that's what gives them the greatest satisfaction. They earnestly pray. If they can't give, they will earnestly pray for others that those needs might be met. So here's a question to ask yourself. Do I have the gift of giving? And think about some of these questions. Do I tend to be more sensitive to people's needs than most people? And when I'm sensitive, do I enjoy giving my time and my talent and my treasure to worthy causes? Do I see giving as an exciting honor and privilege? Do I find ways to save and invest in order that I might have more to give? Do I often respond readily to requests from those who are in need? Do I have such desire to see a need met that I will challenge others, regardless of their financial situation, to give what they can as well to help meet that need? Am I quicker than normal to see financial material need that others overlook? And do I rejoice when I hear that my giving was the answer to someone's prayer? Do I give to the church and outside ministries regularly and cheerfully and sacrificially? And do people often say of me, you're a generous giver. I've noticed that you give a lot. Well, if you can answer in the affirmative to those types of questions, you might consider the fact that giving is your spiritual gift. And it may not be your primary gift, but it might be a secondary gift. So that's a gift that God gives to the people of the church, not to everyone, but to certain ones in the church who love giving of themselves and to do it in order to help um, uh, others, uh, to relieve them of some burden or to help with some need. Well, let's move on to number eight. The eighth uh, gift on our list is the gift of leading. Again, look in Romans 12, verse 8. Paul says, the one who leads is to do it with zeal. <clears throat> now, a working definition of this gift is the spiritual gift of leadership is found in people who have a clear, significant vision from God and are able to communicate it publicly or privately in such a way that they influence others to pursue that vision. People with the gift of leadership tend to gravitate toward the point position in a ministry or group. Um, others tend to have trust um, in them and uh, confidence 
in their abilities and they, they follow them and they listen to them and they are willing to do things for them. Um, these folks best serve by leading others. The spiritual gift of leadership must be exercised in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. Because genuine leadership in the church must be done with genuine humility and a Christ-like concern for the feelings and the needs of others and with an obedience to the Word of God. People with this gift have a special capacity for motivating people to work together in unity towards a common goal. So ask yourself, do I have this gift? And here's some questions you might consider. Do others have confidence in my ability to lead? Am I a can-do person with little tolerance for those who object, um, uh, who have unfounded concerns and a negative or pessimistic outlook. In other words, do I have such a, a, a vision uh, that I'm willing to lead out to pursue this vision that in spite of the negative criticism, um, the um, uh, potential problems that people throw up, I can overlook all that in pursuit of the vision that God has given me. Um, do I seek ways to um, uh, move forward even though there, um, uh, my vision may be doubted or criticized or questioned? Do I delight in taking responsibility for a project? In other words, do you love taking the lead and seeing that something is accomplished? Can you handle, this is an important one, can you handle failure without quitting? Because a lot of leaders will fail often, but they don't quit just because of a failure now and then. They keep pursuing their vi the vision that they feel God has given them. Do I delight in taking responsibility for a project and then seeing it accomplished? Um, when a difficult situation arises, do others look to me for guidance and leadership? In a group setting, are you quick to take charge? I know of two people in this room that that applies to. Um, that's a good thing. If there's a situation, if there's a crisis, is who are you quick to just stand up and take charge? Um, you may not have been assigned that position, but you just feel like you can handle this. If that's you, then pretty much... Uh, leading might be your gift. And uh, do you find leadership satisfying rather than unpleasant and difficult? Do you get satisfaction from seeing something through and taking charge and seeing it accomplished? The church needs strong leaders, not just from staff, but from lay people as well. I thank God for the strong leaders that he has blessed this church with. Um, all right, a ninth functional gift is the gift of mercy. The gift of mercy. Look again in verse 8 of Romans chapter 12. Paul says, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness 
Here's a working definition of the gift of mercy. The gift of mercy is the heightened ability to feel and express compassion and sympathy for those who are hurting and to offer a helping hand. Do you often feel compassion for people who are going through a tough time? Do you feel a need to do something to help relieve that burden? People with the gift of mercy have the ability to walk in another person's shoes, to empathize with them, to uh, feel compassion for them, to feel the pain and the burdens that they carry without being judgmental. They desire to make a difference in the lives of hurting people, regardless of how that person got themselves in that situation. They're not the ones that are the first or are quick to judge or criticize how someone got themselves in their situation or their mess, but they're the ones who are quick to see that they're hurting and that they want to help relieve the burden that they are carrying. They're especially drawn to those who are lonely, to those who are fearful, to those who are troubled, and they have a great desire to help by their presence and friendship. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 15, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That's the kind of person with the gift of mercy. They have the special capacity and the ability to visit the sick, the poor, the imprisoned, the hurting, the dying, visibly demonstrating the love and the kindness of God to those in need. So, do you have this gift? Ask yourself some of these questions. Do I have a real heart for people? Are people a joy to me or a burden? Do I enjoy going and helping people, visiting people, seeing people? Do I get satisfaction in relieving their need? Do I feel a tenderness towards others? Do I look for ways for showing kindness? Am I drawn to people who are needy and hurting, sick, disabled, or elderly? Do I often think of ways I might minister to those who are suffering? Do I feel compassion for those with personal and emotional problems? Do I find myself responding to people more out of compassion than judgment? And do I have a low tolerance for those with a critical spirit? Do I have a desire to see people love one another to a greater degree? Chances are, if you can answer those type questions in the affirmative, then you've got the gift of mercy. A tenth functional gift is found in a third list of spiritual gifts. Take your Bible and turn now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And look in verse 8. Paul says here in verse 8 of 1 Corinthians 12, for to, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. Now a working definition of the gift of wisdom is the ability to have insight into people in situations that is not obvious to the average person combined with an understanding of what to do and how to do it. People with the gift of wisdom have an ability to take any truth 
whether it's scriptural truth, whether it's spiritual truth, whether it's secular truth, and apply it to people's lives so that they make good choices and avoid foolish mistakes. You ever known somebody who you know you could go to for advice and counsel and you know that they might give you advice that you don't like or that you might not even agree with, but you know this person to be wise in their judgments, in their estimations. They've always given you good advice and advice that when you thought it through and you worked your way through what they were sharing with you to do, you discovered that they really were on target, that they knew what they were talking about. People with this gift are generally looked to for wise counsel by others. So ask yourself, do I have this gift? When when I study God's Word, am I generally quick to discover the meaning of a passage and its implications? Do I seem to understand things about God's Word that other believers have a harder time seeing? And am I able to apply biblical truth in practical ways to help counsel others to make good life choices? Does it frustrate me when people make foolish decisions that damage their quality of life because I know what they should have done instead? Do people come to you for biblical counsel and prayer when they have to make important decisions? And when you counsel people, do you sense the Holy Spirit giving you biblical insight that you can share with them, which they accept as God's truth given to them through you? Um, If you can answer those questions in the affirmative, those kinds of questions, then chances are this is a gift that God has given you, the gift of wisdom. And this is a valuable gift in the church as well. Well, um, uh, there are... Um, two other gifts that I was going to get to this morning. I don't think that I'm going to be able to do that. So we're going to stop right there. This is why I've just taken the whole month of June to uh, go through these gifts. I don't want to rush through them. I want you to be able to think about these gifts. Um, uh, Think about uh, whether they are meant for you, whether God has given these gifts to you. Um, And at the end of this series, I want you to be able to think about where you fall on this list. What gifts on these lists has God given to you that you can use in the church to minister in his church? I was in the prayer group this morning and we were praying at being Father's Day. Um, uh, We were praying, and one of the men prayed, God, please raise up a group of men in this church who will truly become the spiritual leaders that you have called us to be, both in our families and in your church. And in order to do that, listen to me very carefully, in order for us to lead, whether it's in our families 
whether it's in our churches, whether it's in our community, we need to know the gift that God has given to us and to use that gift in such a way that we have an impact, a positive impact for the kingdom of God and will bring as many people into the kingdom of God as possible. Starting with your family, starting with the church, and working out into the greater community. Um, but these gifts are not just for the men of the church or the fathers in our families. They are for all of God's children and for all who claim to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I would ask you today to think about what part does God want me to play in his church? What part does God want me to be involved in? And what can I do that I'm not doing? And what is the gift that God has given me that I have never even unwrapped and considered and thought about that he gave just for me that I can be used by him? And I'll say something this morning. There is nothing greater than to discover what your spiritual gift is and then to use that gift for God's glory and for the blessing of those that he gives you the opportunity to minister to. And one day, when you stand before God, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray together.